everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today on this first Sunday of Advent. Uh, we welcome everyone as we anticipate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Christ child. We welcome you today. We welcome our guests especially. We're glad that you're here today and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. They're on each row in the little purple folder. If, we, if you wouldn't mind taking those and fill, filling them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us, we would certainly appreciate that. And we have lots of things going on today, and so we're kind of kind of rushing, but uh, we've got a few announcements. Uh, where's Mary? There she is, Mary. I think Mary has some announcements about uh, uh, Christian outreach. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, very, very quickly, I just wanted to take a minute to once again thank our wonderful church for everything you do for Henderson Christian Community Outreach. As most of you know, I'm the director. I'm starting my seventh year's director. Oh, my God. I know. Um, and uh, it isn't easy, but with churches... All right, y'all need to calm down. With, with our church communities here in town, our businesses, uh, United Way, we do what we do and we, we hope, myself and the hundred volunteers that help me, uh, we hope we do a great job of it. Uh, just real quick, um, as I've said many times before, we're only open eight hours a week for our Henderson County families. And by the way, we do serve Henderson County families only. Every donation we get stays right here in Henderson County. Eight hours a week, folks, and um, as of the end of November, three days ago, we had had um, 5,115 families come in. This is January through November. We have provided food orders in the total of 4,688. Um, we've spent about $119,000. That's total with our utilities, our rent, our medicine, our gas, and we are at budget. We've already met our budget, so we can't do funding in the month of December for the first time ever. However, there's a lot of things going on. And um, when you go out, if you want to pick up one of these, I know Bible studies Wednesday night, but this doesn't start until 730. Uh, And thank you, Ministerial Association. I think this is why I'm up here with this. The new director of the Preston Fine Arts Center, he's having a thank you to the community. It's a free Christmas concert. And the only entry fee or the only admission fee is a canned good for Christian community outreach. So Gina Moore is the lead soloist, um, and it should be just a family Christmas concert there at the Preston Fine Arts Center this Wednesday. It starts at 7.30, so see it's after Bible study, okay? All right, last thing. Um, if you are not able to shop and bring in the um, items listed on the board, there is a way that you can also sponsor a food basket for a family. Our goal is 100 food baskets this year. You can make a personalized gift tag for a family. And this little card tells you exactly what we're putting in the food baskets. So that's just a couple things. Again, thank you for letting us use this for Senior Service Day. Thank you for Fellowship Cafe. Thank you for all the donations. Thank you board members here. And thank you volunteers here. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. 
Uh, we have uh, several announcements to call to your attention. First of all, we are in need of, of cookies. Imagine that. Uh, it's Christmas time. It's time for cookies. We, one of the things that, uh, that we do each year uh, is that we, we deliver um, goodie baskets or goodie plates to uh, our shut-ins. And that will happen next week. And so we are looking for cookies for, for, for that. So if you can provide some cookies, some homemade cookies or candy or something like that, uh, please see Vicki Jenkins, and uh, she'll get you signed up for that, or if you can volunteer to help deliver those. Also, um, coming up uh, this afternoon, the Alice P. Taylor uh, musical service will be will uh, be held at 4 o'clock at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And next Sunday, uh, we will be hosting a candlelight Christmas uh, right here at Community Baptist Church at 5 o'clock next Sunday. And this is a joint effort for... Uh, with First Christian Church and Community Baptist Church and St. Paul's Episcopal Church. We're joining our choirs for, for that event, and I know you'll want to come and be a part of that. Now, one thing, one other thing we need to do before we uh, get into our um, our service, and that is our deacon election. Uh, we we um, indicated that we will be having that today. I hope that our members have a, uh, a, a an election ballot in front of you. And so we would like to ask if you would, at this time to go ahead and circle five names, up to five names. And now, if you would, uh, join me, and let's stand as we join in our responsive reading called Hanging of the Greens. (laughs) How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the King? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the eternal Christ? With grace of mind and fervor, whose leaves are ever leaning, ever green. How shall we prepare this house for the coming of our Savior? With grace of holy and piety, telling of his passion, death, and resurrection. And how shall we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son of God? For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let us greet one another with joy as we prepare this house. Merry Christmas.
lot of trouble for a few little words, but they're very, very, very special words that we do remember. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Today we light the candle of expectation and hope. May it remind each and every one of us of God's great promise to us. He is our hope, He is our Redeemer, and He is a Savior. Father, during the Advent season, may we be reminded of your promises to us and your fulfillment of them. Help us to prepare our lives for this Advent within us. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. glad to see so many kids here today. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about monograms and about chrismons. So do you know what a monogram is? What is it? It's usually, a lot of times people will have them on a piece of clothing, such as this one here. This is Tim Hall's hat, and it has a monogram on it. And this tells you something about that person. And what does this, what does this tell us about our friend Tim Hall? <laughs> this tells us that he is, a, he is a fan of Louisville. Maybe he went to school at Louisville University. Uh, so a monogram can tell us something about a person. Uh, now, today we're also going to talk about chrismons, and each of y'all, I believe, has a chrismon today. And this is an example of a chrismon. And the word chrismon comes from the union of the word Christ and monogram. So someone who has a chrismon, it tells you something about that person. It is a monogram of Christ. Early Christians used these chrismons so they could identify themselves to one another. Because they had to do a lot of things in secret because they knew that they could get uh, persecuted if people knew that they were a Christian. So they used the chrismons to identify themselves to one another and to let other Christians know where they were going to have a meeting, where they were going to get together and have church. So today we're going to hang three of our chrismons on the tree. So let's have the first group of you come up here and show us what your chrismon is. Thank you. 
Chris Mon, do you all have the scroll? And the scroll represents the Old Testament, which predicted the arrival of Jesus and which Jesus taught from the scroll. So then, who's our second group? Come up here. Turn around here and show them what Christmon you have. So which Christmon do you all have? The lion. The lion. The lion was a symbol for Jesus, who was sometimes called the Lion of Judah. It also represents the courage, power, and kingship of the Son of God. And then we have one more group. Around, show them which, what Christmon y'all have. Which one do you all have? We have the lamb. And the lamb was a symbol for Jesus, who was sometimes called the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that through him we might be, might be saved. And then y'all can go ahead and hang your Christmons on the tree, okay? That your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you deliver will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy Calm the storm with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels cross? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? One day rule the nations. 
pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, I pray that you bring peace to the world, that you unify the divisions among us. I pray that we may follow in your path, that we may walk in your light. I ask that you bless these tithes and offerings to help spread your teachings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Beside me, son, listen to me. Sad pallor, sit upon the land, so full of pain, sorrow, plenty, long forgotten, is a master plan. It's been foretold of an answer that would come to them as meek as a lamb. Oh, set beside me, son, let me tell you of a place called Bethlehem. Son, look, they need joy in their hearts. Maybe they'll come back to the light. Oh, look, son, look, they need a brand new start. The Savior should be born tonight. They need to know I'm still with them When they don't see me I wonder if they can Recognize salvation Will they listen? Will they see God In the face of a man? They class themselves, no wonder they can't cope. The fences they build get taller every day. They'll destroy themselves, you might be their last hope. Won't oh, teach them son, there's a better way, oh. Son, look, 
They need joy in their hearts. Maybe they'll come back to the light. Oh, look, son, look. They need a brand new start. The Savior should be born tonight. Things of earth, God of heaven, treat me as your neighbor, show me you know how, cause I want your love, only if it's given, my most precious gift now is yours, if you love me, love me now. Oh, look, son, look. They need joy in their hearts. Maybe they'll come back to the light. Oh, look, son, look. They need a brand new start. Their Savior is born tonight. Oh, look. Start this Savior is born tonight. Oh, 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 holy Please follow Hello. Hello. <laughs> Please follow along while I read Mark thirteen, twenty four through thirty seven. <laughs> but in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the heavens, and the power in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. 
It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. What an appropriate passage of Scripture for uh, this time in the service. Keep awake. (laughs) As uh, you can tell from what we have done already today, we have officially begun that wonderful season of the year, a season of waiting and watching known as Advent. Small children, of course, are waiting for the coming of jolly old St. Nicholas. But hopefully we adults are, are waiting for the celebration of God's greatest gift of all, to all of humanity, and that is the gift of God's Son. The next few weeks will be a time of exhausting activity. We all know it's true. December is so hectic. We're buying presents. We're attending parties. We're mailing cards. Just look at our bulletin and all the things we have coming up. It's busy. I I heard about one woman who was so busy during the holiday season that she and her husband, Richard, went to a stationery store and asked them to print their signature on their Christmas card so that they wouldn't have to spend the time signing, signing each and every individual card. But soon they, got, uh, soon they started getting cards from their friends signed with things like the Modest Morrisons or the Clever Clarks or the Successful Smiths. And she wondered, what's going on here? Why are we getting all these cards like this? And, and then it suddenly dawned on her that she had mailed out a hundred Christmas cards neatly imprinted with the words, Happy Holidays from the Rich Armstrongs. <laughs> Well, you and I may not, may or may not have a lot of money during this Advent season. But let me tell you this. Whether our name is, is Richard or not, if our hearts are filled with the peace and the love and the joy that is represented in that Christ child, then we are rich. However, without that Christ child's presence in our lives and in our hearts, This is just another hectic holiday. Waiting. Advent is all about waiting. But waiting is a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Waiting for Santa Claus is hard for little boys and girls. And going through the busy Advent season is always a lesson in patience for us adults. There's just so much to do. But really, the season of Advent has two focal points on looking, of looking forward. One focus is to prepare ourselves for the celebration of the birth of the Christ child. And the other is to prepare for that day when Christ will bring His kingdom in all of its fullness and glory. And in our lesson for today, Jesus is talking about the second focus. 
That day when Jesus will return to judge the earth. Listen carefully to His words. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven. Nor the Son. But only the Father. So be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. And if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. These are some mysterious and somewhat disturbing words. But let's begin right here. About that day or hour, no one knows. I probably don't have to tell you that every once in a while somebody will come along who claims to know when the day of the Lord's coming will be. You've probably run across characters like this, haven't you? You've seen it from time to time. Well, I've got a word of advice for you when that happens. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to her. My friends, there is no teaching of our Lord that is any clearer than this one. Nobody knows when the day will be. Nobody knows what the future may hold. Some of you may remember when a radio preacher named Harold Camping predicted that the world would come to an end on May the 21st, 2011. Some, some of you probably remember that. Camping's radio ministry, which was aired on 150 different stations across the country, spent more than $3 million to spread the word on more than 5,000 billboards that the rapture was coming on May the 21st, 2011. Of course, all of the donations which made this media blitz possible came from Camping's uh, followers, some of whom quit their jobs, sold all of their possessions, and even left their spouses and their children and spent all of their savings to get this message out there. But guess what? When the rapture didn't materialize... Camping revised his prophecy, saying that he had been off by five months. I like the way it struck through there. But then after the cataclysmic event did not occur in October, the camping, uh, uh, camping acknowledged that his prophecy must have been wrong. And so he posted a letter on his website telling his followers that he had no evidence that the world would end anytime soon. Well, duh. I could have told him that. I mean, all this guy had to do was to read the teachings of Jesus about that day or hour. Nobody knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That was awkward. 
So folks, listen to me. And listen to me carefully. Don't fall for it. Whenever some crackpot out there tells you that they've got it figured out, the time and the date that Jesus is going to return, don't fall for it. Nobody knows. And for that matter, none of us can really know for sure what the future may hold for us as individuals either. Can we? Beware of the fortune cookie. That tells you that romance and prosperity and good health will soon be yours. There's no way to know that. There's no way to know what the future may hold for any of us. And to think otherwise is foolishness. Several years ago, USA Weekend ran a story titled, Fear, What Americans Are Afraid Of. It was a scientific poll. And in this poll, the magazine uncovered the things that Americans feared most. 54% of us are either afraid or very afraid of being in a car crash. 53% are afraid or very afraid of having cancer. 50% are afraid or very afraid of inadequate Social Security. 49% are afraid or very afraid of not having enough money for retirement. 35% are, are afraid or very afraid of getting Alzheimer's. Now, most of these things are matters that no one can anticipate. And some of you have probably heard about those home genetic testing devices that can tell you whether you are in danger of having things like Alzheimer's or cancer and And yet scientists are aware of people who have those genetic markers for these diseases, but they never come down with them. So why worry yourself over nothing? The fact is that none of us is guaranteed a worry-free passage through this life. Instead, the best thing that we can do is to be prepared for whatever may come our way. Whatever. But about that day or hour, no one knows, says the Lord. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So be on guard. Be alert. You do not know what that, when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know when the owner of the house will will return. And if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. Of course, Jesus was speaking about his own return here. And he's telling them to be vigilant, to be alert, to be prepared. And folks, I, I, I think there's some pretty good advice there. That's some good good advice for our life in general. Don't let him find you sleeping, he said. Be prepared. There's a book that came out several years ago, and it would make a perfect Christmas gift for somebody uh, on your Christmas list this year, particularly, particularly if they are a person who is a perpetual worrier. The title of this book is The Worst Case Scenario Survival Handbook. It, it is a, hi, a how-to book, a guide to surviving the most bizarre and the most dangerous situations that you can imagine. 
For example, what do you, what do, you do if you find yourself in some quicksand? This book will tell you. Or what do you do if you're suddenly surrounded by a swarm of killer bees or need to escape from a burning building? This book has all of those answers. One grateful book buyer wrote that he bought the book for his girlfriend and kind of on a whim he thought that, he, that she would get a kick out of this. And boy, he was right. You see, his girlfriend's house caught on fire and she escaped by kicking the door down following the step-by-step instructions in the worst-case scenario survival handbook. And you know, there really is no way for us to know what worst-case scenario might confront us someday. We don't know. And so the best thing that we can do is to be prepared. Whatever comes our way. I read recently that the unofficial creed of the Department of Homeland Security's war on terrorism is be vigilant, be watchful, and be prepared. Be vigilant in matters of security, whether in the airport or a government institution or back in the sorting room of the, of the post office. Be watchful for signs of terrorism, a backpack left unattended, a strange request for chemicals at a fertilizer plant, a white powder in the mail, or the unusual behavior of your, your neighbor down the street. Be prepared to call the police or the FBI. Be prepared to evacuate a building. Be prepared to, to take defensive measures when your life or the lives of your loved ones are threatened. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Be prepared. Now, it sounds a lot like what Jesus is saying to his followers here. Keep watch. Because you never know when the owner of the house will come back. And in terms of our personal lives, that's about all we can do to really protect ourselves or those that we love. Keep watch. Stay prepared. But unfortunately, even when we do that, even when we are prepared, sometimes things happen. For example, some of the things that we fear the most have to do with our physical or mental well-being. We fear cancer or we fear Alzheimer's or a host of other ailments. And and so we try to eat the right things. We try to exercise. We try to get a good night's sleep. But we could still come down with the very disease that we try the hardest to avoid. Or we worry about our finances, and so we work hard and we try to make wise financial decisions. But we could still get laid off from our work, from our job. The stock market could tank and wipe out our 401k, or we could be involved in a terrible accident that would keep us from working. As Robert Burns once wrote, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And he was right. There are a few things in life that we can truly be certain about. In fact, I would propose that the only bulletproof investment that you and I can make in this world is to put our trust in God.
For you see, only God will never forsake us. And only God will be there for us and give us the strength that we need to endure whatever we face. Now, this is not to say that we need to let preparation go by the wayside. Don't hear me saying that. And I've known people like that before. They thought that they didn't have to prepare for anything in life and, and whatever life might bring, they just trust in God. And while that may sound very noble, it can also lead to disaster. So let me propose that after we've done everything that we can possibly do to prepare ourselves externally, we need to also prepare ourselves internally by spending time in the presence of God. Because by spending time every day in God's presence and living as God would have us to live, we develop that relationship of trust that makes it possible for us to endure even the most horrible worst-case scenario. Christian sociologist Peter Berger wrote a book called A Rumor of Angels. And in this book, he uses the example of a, a child waking up in the middle of the night. She's been frightened by a nightmare. And so her parent goes to comfort her and says, It's all right. It's all right. And so Berger asks us to consider what's happening in this scenario. It, is the parent lying to the child when he or she is saying, It's all right? I mean, after all, in a world with cancer and concentration camps, it looks very far from all right, doesn't it? And yet, Berger claims that the reassurance that the parent is offering to this child is not a deception, but a true insight that is vital for the child to receive as it grows into maturity. In other words, he says... There is a profound human conviction that ultimately everything will be all right. And it is all it is the all important stirring of hope within us. In other words, we are confident that all will be okay. Maybe not right now, but one day it will be because God is with us. And as long as God is with us, guess what, folks? We have nothing to fear. It's like a story told by Patrick Taylor in his book titled An Irish Country Christmas. It's about a woman named Eileen. Eileen um, was very poor. Her eldest son was running a high fever. It's Christmas time, and she doesn't have the money to provide her son with the proper medical care, much less provide a, a nice Christmas meal for her other children. And so she finally, after putting it off for a long time, she finally decides to take her son to Dr. O'Reilly. And Dr. O'Reilly is moved by her situation and decides to help her by arranging a raffle to raise money for Eileen and her family. And to get the job done, he calls on a friend named Donald, who was a well-known con man. It seems that an, an anonymous donor had bought a raffle ticket, number 4444, for Eileen, in the hopes that she would win the drawing. 
And so on the night of the drawing, Donald fills up the hat with raffle tickets, and the mayor is called on to pick the winning ticket, and he shovels his hand all the way to the bottom of the hat and pulls out the winning ticket. Ticket number 4444. She won. Well, Eileen and her sons, they leap for joy. They've won the prize. The crowds cheer loudly, sharing in Eileen's joy. She had had won enough money to prepare a nice meal for her family as well as to take care of her, her sickly son. And so soon after the drawing was over, Dr. O'Reilly walked up to Donald and asked, How'd you do that? And with a whimsical smile, Donald brings out all of the stubs in the hat. And every one of them had the number 4444 printed on it. The mayor did not pick the winning ticket by chance. No matter which ticket he chose, it would have been a winner for Eileen. And this is the only thing that we really need to know about the future. And that is, regardless of what may come our way here and now, the end is rigged. The end is rigged. Because you see, a loving God is in control. Now, we may have our dark hours. We will have our dark hours. And and there will be surprises, both positive and negative, in our lives. But we will never be forsaken. Because God is always with us. About that day or hour, no one knows, says the Master. Obviously, that is true. We don't know when the Lord will bring His kingdom to fruition. But we do know how it's going to turn out. We're going to win. I don't know about you, but I look forward to that day. I look forward to the time when Christ's kingdom is fully established in the lives and in the nations of our world. I look forward to that time when peace is the watchword of the day. I look forward to that time when poverty has disappeared, when there is no more grief, no more crying, no more anguish, only the the peace, the shalom that the Prince of Peace has promised to us. And that day is coming, my friends. But until then, we prepare ourselves by knowing that God is with us no matter what. And by living in that relationship, loving God and loving each other. Amen. Let us sing together, just as I am, just as I am without one plea. It is good to share worship. It is good to prepare our hearts during Advent for the coming of Christ and for the coming again of Christ. And it's good for us to know that as He comes, we are welcome to be a part of His family. 
We don't have to be perfect. Nobody here is. We come just as I am. Christ goes with you. Know the bond of fellowship that you have with Jesus. Know the communion of the Holy Spirit. Know that God's Word is truth. And know that in due time, God's kingdom will come. In the meantime, it is up to us to live the kingdom here and now. So go in the power of God's Holy Spirit leading your way. Amen.